previously on the No Mercy Party. Yeah, you know what? S some shit went down last time. Okay, some some real shit went down. So we're doing this a little differently. You're getting one clip today. It's the big clip. I'll recap everything else that happened for you right now. First, the group arrives at Pesop. They arrive on the outskirts of Pesop. They see the city. It's within this giant pink dome. Uh, magic doesn't work in there. And okay, after that, they go and they meet the dude at Hondar Family Travelers. They return their cart to him all's good and then they go over to gary joey's collectibles and things gary joey is an elf from vivimar and actually is related to relorg's deceased wife annalise and after all that shit went down monkey's dagger started vibrating again and then he grabbed it and this happened no, uh, once I'm out of sight, I, I look at, I pull the dagger out to look at it. As soon as you touch it, your vision goes dark, and you see the different moments when you are in combat and chest attacked you. So the, the the multiple times that this happened, and then you see kind of this vision of pretty much you coming out of your current vision, and then you all walking into the city, and you talking with Ralric, and you say. Hey, do you want to go check out the library? So you go and you check out the library together and go up the stairs. And Chest is slowly creeping behind you this entire way. And he follows you into the library. And as you and Relic are basically going different ways to check out different sections, Chest sneaks up behind you and he pulls out his own dagger and slits your throat and just says, That was for my father, yeah. You love me now. And drops you to the ground and bunch of idiots. They'll never know. And he runs out. For Siric! <laughs> Bucky's gonna chuck his dagger at chest and hook into the into the city. Roll for an attack. 17. I don't think I would have my shield out, in which case it would hit. Or 12. Chest, give a wisdom save. That's a 15 you start to kind of seize up a little bit. Okay. Like your your arms are starting to, sh to shake and, and seize and you're, it's not as bad as it could have been. Feasible. So he, he whipped this dagger at you and it goes right into just below your hip. I'm so glad you didn't take the wiener row. And it's just sticking up there and you're starting to shake. Do you want to use a movement funky in this surprise round? Yeah, I'm heading into the city. As soon as you walk through that bubble, Wee Wee Man disappears. Oh, shit. And now, for some reason, Mask's control over you isn't as strong as it once was. Oh, shit. Funky slows down. I never would have suspected the mouse. No mercy, no, no, no mercy. A new chapter, a new work, a new adventure. No mercy, no, no, no mercy. The really good boy, and here is their story. Much paper stronger is lacking in the smarts. The clerk does the touchy feeling, grumpy healing arts. A broken hearted ranger with a dragon flying bow, and a sweet singing gnome who tackles every foe with no mercy. No mercy, no, no, no mercy. Okay, welcome to this week's No Mercy Podcast review reading. It's me again, old Nan. It looks like back-to-back -back shifts. I feel like this is elderly abuse. But this review is from Ballad of the Seven Dice. And this gentleman, whoa, this is like, this is a steamy novel here. Let's see. This merry group has a great bunch to hop on board with if you feel like learning the game along with the players. The first thing you can feel off the hop is the chemistry that brings these people together. You can tell they've all been friends for some time and are just having a blast playing this game together. As the story progresses, you can really feel the work the DM put into this story as it starts to solidify around the characters and the tone changes from a goofy adventure to a more serious story. I'm very serious. 
Don't let that worry you. They still bring the goofs, but as a result, the DM Tyler helps them bring in an even better role-playing experience. With music and ambience put into the, mu- the mix, this podcast has really evolved into a great story that is easy to listen to. So if you're looking for a new story to start, where you can feel the joy from their table get transferred to you, then you've come to the right place. Start listening. Thank you, Ballad of the Seven Dice from Canada, uh, for your podcast review. Now, please don't make me do this again next week. I'm not even getting paid. What is this? Hop into the episode. Let's go. So Funky started running, and then he just stopped after this. Funky's love of mask is still there, but it's not his one true burning desire like it once was when he attuned to the dagger that uh, change in traits is now gone his wee wee man disappeared he's kind of just standing there and I think Pip is outside as well as I I gunned it after him and I think for Loric I forgot if you went out or you're just kind of watching chess with the dagger still on his leg I stayed. With, you were, I stayed with him. Um, a little bit out of game, but I just want to ask Rory. Mm-hmm. Rory, how does chest feel at mask right now? <laughs> like, like good? Cause that that good mask dagger's in yeah, you. Yeah, it feels really good. How long does the tuning take? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it depends on how you ingest the attunement. If it's through <laughs> the nose, through the mouth, or through the thigh. I don't think Chess Chess had a really low perception, so I don't think he saw what happened. I think it could have been anybody who threw that dagger according to Chess. But yeah, you're kind of almost drunk in a way. You're just kind of wobbly right now. Okay. Um, I do have a question for you, Tyler. Yeah. So I, I ran through the door, I ran into the city, and Wee Wee Man disappeared, and I presumably felt some change? Do I know that any of the, or I guess, can I tell that any of the visions or that my extra desire for for mask was linked to either the dagger or to Wee Wee Man? Uh, intelligence check. He's he's not a very smart dwarf. Oh no. Nope. That is a solid ten. Better than usual. Something happened. You're. You're kind of, yeah. Something's different. Just, you you feel a little different. You're more focused on Wee Wee Man disappearing than any other changes that might have happened. Like, you're, you're one true buddy that has been living a lot longer than you might expect is now all of a sudden disappeared. And you're a little more distraught about that and not really worrying about other things that might be a little more subtle. I never thought I'd say this, but we should have held on to some spider eggs. <laughs> Uh, what, so would I know that Wee Wee Man disappearing, like, would, I guess what I've recognized that Wee Wee Man disappearing was because he was something magical? I think you could probably come to that assumption knowing you, as soon as you walk through it, he disappeared and you know it's an anti-magic shield. I don't think that's above your pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll say that the 10 okay. gives you that much at least. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I guess... When I realized that Wee Wee Man is gone, I would slow down and... I could catch up. I guess look back. Yeah. Okay, so Funky slows down and looks back. Currently in the street, people are walking by, but they kind of are off to the sides. And he's looking back at you, Pip. So I catch him? Do you walk through the dome? Yeah. No, I'm like, just gonna fucking lose my hedgehongo, aren't I? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Don't take him! My character would run straight after Funky, but please don't take my Hitongo. Do you go through the dome, Pip? Pip would, but Claire wants Butterscotch. So Pip... Run on down to the 7-Eleven. So Pip runs through the edge of the pink dome and just hears Hongo as he passes through. And also as he passes through, Pip, you feel... Like something that has been hidden within you has just been uncovered. My love of dance? The memory of old Nan, the memory that old Nan helped you uncover was just one puzzle piece that was altered and hidden. No, no, she just, she completely fixed my brain and there's no more surprises. (laughs) 
You think back to the day that Hewitt Engel Pfeiffer IV took the pan flute from you, and you can see what has been there all along. As if you were in a pitch dark room, Nan opened one of the curtains, and now all of the curtains are open and you can see completely. So you go back to that time, it's a cold autumn day, and you're walking down the road in a large field with the fourth, and you're just chatting, talking about what's going on. You have the flute in your hand. And he just says, let's go for a walk away from all of this and just kind of talk grandfather to grandson. Dear Papa Huey. So you go along with him and you go towards the edge of the woods, away from the field towards the edge of the woods. And you see a figure with a dark robe and a black velvet mask tinged with red. And this figure approaches your grandfather. Your grandfather says, Pip, could you go over there and just practice the flute a bit more? You need to you need to be ready for the concert coming up at Garshide Academy Music and United Theology. Sure, I'll go practice and not at all pay attention <laughs> to the ominous words of this strange forest man. Uh, that sounds like Pip. Can I overhear them while I play? Uh, give a perception check. Ah, oh, dice. Ah, oh, beans. Ooh, 16 to 18. Pip's a multitasker. Okay, so you start listening in and you can't really hear the gentleman, but you hear your grandfather and he's like, really, are you sure? Do we do we have to do that? And he looks over at you and the, the other, the mask figure looks over at you. And they see you paying attention and he grabs your grandfather and starts walking a little farther away from you. Ah, oh, rude toot toot. And... Playing on my flute. <laughs> so... As it goes on, you he- you hear this kind of es- escalate, and you can hear your grandfather again. He's like, "I don't, I don't see why this has to happen. Why do I have to do this?" And then some more talking, and then the mask figure and your grandfather just slowly walk over to you, and y- your grandfather says, "Pip, we need to do something. It will help with your music ability. We want to make sure that Gamut stays at the top forever. We need to make sure our family academy of music." is the one that stays strong in uh, Hippo Blue because this other one... Tyler, do you remember the name of that other one? Gotem. Yeah, Pip is already interjecting with, yeah, those Gotem <laughs> fucks. We gotta keep them out of my town. They're coming for us. And th- this man, he says that we can help you. I mean, I didn't want it to come to this, but it feels like... I'll show them who's Gotem. <laughs> feels like this is the only way that, that we can stay ahead, even if it's cheating. Ooh. And so... Yeah, no, it's okay. Pip's cool, Chief. Okay. <laughs> so the man with the mask walks over to you and takes out this uh, vial, and it has this thick brown paste, like a darker colored peanut butter on the inside. And it has, he opens it up, he twists off the top, and it has a foul smell, not like shit. Wow! Wow, I didn't. That's, I'm so glad you clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a dark brown paste. It was dark it's, brown paste. It's, so it's, not, it's not shit. I swear. My brain went to miso, and now I'm not going to get that umami, I don't think. <laughs> so he, he dips his thumb in the bottle, mm. and then he looks to your grandfather, and your grandfather says, hold still. And the man takes his thumb and smears it over your forehead. Is that a henna? Why? What? Is, it, is this Simba? Give a wisdom save. Copyright laws. Is this guy's name Rafiki? Um, 17. Wisdom. Oh, wait, wisdom. One. 18. Man, Pip. I never roll with the green one. I always roll with the gold one, and that's a mistake, I think. So, that was high enough. You you feel this almost like hands going into your to your mind and to your memories and trying to grasp at these different things just digging into your thoughts and trying to alter things and you just quickly shake it off and all of a sudden this this man's hand just flies back and he starts grabbing his mask and just goes and starts just writhing back and forth and he takes it and he rips it off and you see a rotund dwarven male in the latter half of his life. He has silver hair pulled back into a ponytail that dwarves don't really do. His beard is tied into a ponytail as well, thrown over his shoulder. He has a hat on that you can see after the hood drops and a hunchback. There are straws going from the hat to his mouth as if 
maybe there was some sort of ale or bag on his back. And he just goes, <laughs> and your grandma was just, Pip, Pip, just let him, let the man do what he needs to do. Leave me alone, I can do it. Don't. Look what I can do. I, let me do it. Look into the microphone. Talk into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for real, I don't like what's happening. <laughs> so you are like, okay, okay. And he dips his thumb in again and wipes it over your forehead. And this time you uh, forego the save and you completely forget this man. You, you forget. But I remember him now. But you may have an idea of who that man is now because you've seen him before. Yes. It's, it's Parley. Parley? It's Parley. I got there. And so, wait, but I have this memory now, yep. right? It was cleared up now. Okay, I stop. I stop. Very fa- As soon as that happens, I've stopped moving. I don't think I'm that far away from Funky. Can I see him? You can see him. He stopped as well. Yeah, we both. <laughs> and I... And I know, I know you, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I just, I check on butterscotch. Good, right? Funky? Okay. All right. Step one, under control. Step two. Step two, chest. (laughs) (laughs) You are feeling a bit weaker and weaker and weaker. Uh, What's his name? Ralark is sitting next to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And you hear, what the, what the hell's gone on in here? What was that? Jess is like, um, I, I don't know. Oh man, I'm not feeling good. I got, there's a, there's a dagger in my leg. There sure is. You don't mind if I just take, take a little bit of a nap, do you? I'm feeling pretty tired, actually. Could you, could you do that outside? You're kind of dripping all over my floor. Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't know if I can get up right now. Um, Ralph, could you can be a sport and bring me outside? Yeah, Chest, I'll, I'm going to give Chest a, a leg up if I can. I don't know how, <laughs> if I can carry him. We'll do the, I'll just be your crutch. Yeah, so Chest throws his arm over Ralph's shoulder and just kind of limp, starts limping out. Dagger's still stuck in Chest's leg. <laughs> And he limps out and he's starting to feel weaker and weaker. You're supposed to leave it in. You're not supposed to take it out. Elf medical training. I don't have it, but that's what they'd say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just goes outside, I guess. And but we're outside. And it's just like, what happened? Uh, did I saw that it was funky, right? You did. I, oh, this, I guess this is funky. I think I did. I mean, he knows what the dagger looks like. So. I guess this is. So this is still stuck in your leg, chest. Yeah, his chest hasn't pulled it out. He doesn't want like. <laughs> Give a wisdom save. Please roll one. Please roll one. No, but not good. Um, seven. Okay. Click over here now. <laughs> it's a knife. <laughs> chest, you all of a sudden collapse to the ground and pass out. So your face is in the dirt. You just smell the dirt, and you're just really groggy and. Just start shaking your head and shaking your head and you lift your head and start to push yourself up off the ground, still feeling really weak. And you look up and it's dark. What do you do? Uh, like dark as in it's the same place and it's night out or dark as in it's just- Pitch black. So I can't see anything? Right. Um, Put your goggles on. <laughs> chest, chest is yellow. Relic? Relic, where'd you- Where'd you go? Where did I go? <laughs> <laughs> There's no response. Oh, man, how long was I out? Uh, Relic, Pip, where, where is everyone? Uh, Chess looks down at his leg. Your leg is fine, and the dagger's now gone. Uh, okay, so Chess stands up. Okay. And I, he sort of spins, looks around, spins around. You spin around, and all of a sudden you see light carving around this large hunched figure, nearly 20 feet tall. It has a large, muscular, gorilla-like body. It has short, coarse hair all over. His feet are large and splayed, his hands large and talon-like. He has wings and a long tail. You've seen this thing before. Oh, man, oh... Shoot! What's your name? Your uh, your your name's like Frazzy Frazzy Bland Frazzy Bland. Fra- 
Hey, man. So um, as you start to talk and speak, you feel intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> like you tried to recall his name and you shake it off and you remember it perfectly. Uh, hey, what's your name? Fra- Fraser Blue, right? Yeah, no, I know. It's Fraser Blue. Right, yeah, no, we, we met when we were back in the tunnels back in, uh, back in Theron. I remember you back in that uh, mystical ball that we saw. How's it going, man? What? Where? Where am I? And he just waits for a moment. You wait in silence, and he starts to speak, and you understand all the words that he is saying. And he says, "But I recognize it's not in common. It it is in common. Okay. Um, but I'm just the come any complex word that you hear, you understand. Oh, okay. So you hear." Chest, you've proven yourself to be strong. I didn't believe I was bound to you, but now I know. You are one of my divine linked. You're much more intelligent. You're wiser and more stalwart than I or your peers had given you credit for. If you should so choose, I can show you the ultimate power and fighting capabilities that you will adapt to and learn you pledge yourself to destroying Lokag and finding my other divine weapon. Come, let me show you the ultimate champion that you can become. And he holds out a splayed claw towards you with the with the palm up. Just says, you, you want me to beat Lokag? I mean, that's like, yeah, of course I'm going to beat the hell out of Lokag. Hey, like, didn't you... Weren't you responsible for killing a bunch of people back in Baron and like reawakening a dragon or something? I'm not responsible for what other people decide to do. I am simply trying to get back to the material plane. I was banished and all I want is my own place. The other gods, they don't understand. They won't let me have my own little corner, my own little section of the world. They try to fight me and keep me below. But why must I stay away? Why can't I have my own little place and be in peace? Why must I stay underground? Just just remember sort of like his history lessons from back when he was not in this dark place. What history lessons? As in like the stories we've been told about FUL and the information we've gotten about him so far. Uh, you know, he is smarter right now. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like I'm, I'm smarter right now, but do I, like, am I the same chest? Do I remember everything? You kind of do, but he is being incredibly enthralling and charismatic with his words. You're kind of hanging off every word that he says. Okay. Um, sure, so just, just, it's just like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone just kind of wants a place to stay. I mean, I just wanted to be with my my clan and I got kicked out because of Lokag. And as far as I know, we did it with with uh, some sort of special sword. And well, he, I mean, he cheated, which I think cool, but... So, I mean, you don't... I think if your memory serves you correctly, he also had special underpants? He had special red underpants. Yes, that's right. He did. Did I tell you... Yes, he is another one of my divine linked, but he is weak of heart. He only looks for power and not what is best. Would you like me to show you just a little sample of what you could become if you, if and when you defeat him? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, show me where. Is it like on a... One of my paintings or something? Do you see my painting that I did back in Alltale? Uh, um, I haven't had a chance to stop by, but um, <laughs> here, yeah, <laughs> just just I just mean, take that, my hand that, and that fight was for uh, Sirik. I hope you don't mind that. Like, I, I just kind of picked one at random, but uh, you know, you guys friends or something? Maybe he told you about it that I won the fight. No, Sirik hasn't been heard from for quite some time. Mm, okay, yeah, it doesn't even show up when I win a fight for him. Okay, but yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay, show. Let's see this. Uh, let's see this. Let's see where what I can become. Okay. So do you grab his or put your hand on his large, outstretched kind of claw? I suppose so. <laughs> okay. If you hadn't said I was a bit more intelligent right now, I would have just walked in the direction his hand was pointing. <laughs> but, but I'll grab his hand. So you, you touch his hand and 
you again are in the dirt, uh, just th- but this time you're kind of kneeling on the ground and you look at your ceremonial fighting garb. It's currently on your body and you look at your two hands and you see the two blue swords in each of your hands and you stand up and you open your eyes and look around and you, you just, all of a sudden you hear the crowd. It's just cheering and going crazy, going wild. You're in a huge stadium. There are thousands and thousands of people standing on their feet cheering and you're kind of taking this in and just this is what you've been dreaming of. And as you turn around and turn around, you see that on the other side of this pit, this giant fighting pit, is a Glabrazoo, like the one that was injured and the four of you barely escaped uh, with your lives. And you are not afraid, even though you're alone and without your three other allies. And you just start charging at this creature and it starts charging at you. You get the first attack in and you do three attacks instead of your normal two. The first attack, you slice at its chest, and you do this different fighting maneuver that you've never seen before, where you hit it, and as soon as you hit it, it flies back 15 feet. So some sort of pushing attack. You run up to it again, and second attack, you slice at its legs, and it trips and falls to the ground. And then third attack, you again just start chipping away at its at its arms, and then you action surge, just this energy wells up within you, and just boom, 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 three more attacks as this creature is on the ground. And just in this one turn, the creature just looks like you took out over half of its life with those three brutal attacks of you just carving away precisely, just like someone who knows exactly how to take out a creature of this size. It gets up and tries to attack you, But then you use your reaction to parry the attack and you block it out of the way. And then your turn comes up again and the crowd is cheering. You kind of start to play it up a little bit. You you slide between its legs and just start slashing across its back. And in just a mere 12 seconds, the the Glabrazoo crumples to the ground. And then you hear the crowd swell and cheer. You just hear a slow gasp. And then cheers louder and louder, and you hear chest, 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 chest. Your arms just raise in the air um, as you stand over this creature. And then your vision goes back to the large, hulking behemoth. And he says, Chest, I'm glad that I was finally brought to you. This is what you can become. Do not tell your peers of this. They'll get jealous. They'll get jealous of the ultimate power that you can be given. If you do, you may not be able to defeat Lokag, because then I know that is where my power needs to truly go. You may not be able to find my other sword. Keep this to yourself, and I will come and speak to you again as Lokag approaches. And then you wake up again next to Ralric. Okay, uh, just opens his eyes. Is the knife still in my leg? Yep. (laughs) And now you're dumber. (laughs) Dang. Me, Herdy. <laughs> yeah, just wakes up and sort of gasps and just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, Malik, where'd you go? Hey, uh, you kind, you kind of passed out there, buddy. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh man, my leg hurts real bad. Um, do you mind? As you look down at your leg, it starts to slowly heal up, and the and the dagger starts to slip out and just fall to the dirt. Whoa! How'd you do that? I was about to say, do you mind taking this, uh, ow, no, okay, never mind, uh, I didn't do that. Trotlark, uh, do you want to do an elf medicine check on that? Just when did you <laughs> get regeneration abilities? I, uh, I don't have, I mean, sometimes I flex real hard and I, I feel it better, but that's not what I did just here. No, it just kind of healed itself. Just like really carefully reaches out to grab the dagger. Okay. You touch it and you feel kind of a sense of belonging, but that's about it. A sense of belonging. Ah, beans. <laughs> You're the worst, Tyler. Beans and rice. Uh, Just sort of picks up the dagger and it's just like, I, well, I mean, this was Funky's dagger. So I got a lot of questions. First of all, 
why is Funky's why was Funky's dagger in my leg? Second of all, why did my leg heal? Do I feel like pretty well, like pretty much good now? Uh, I mean, you start to feel like you're starting to stabilize. The damage still is done, okay. but but you're not feeling as you're you're not feeling as wobbly anymore. You're starting to kind of come back too. Yeah, it just just looks at Rallark and he's like, Rallark, what happened? Well, from what I saw, Funky was backing out of the shop, and then he threw his dagger at you, and then ran away. Huh. <clears throat> then I came over to check on you, and Pip took off after Funky. Is it is it possible Funky thought I was stealing his beer? Mm, maybe. Or, or was there a spider on your leg? <laughs> because we've all been down that road. Yeah, I mean, did he see a spider? Because that would have been pretty reasonable. I don't know. I mean, he looked pretty spooked. And then he tossed it, and then he ran. Um, Chest is holding the dagger. He hands it. He sort of turns it around and holds it by the sharp side and holds the, the handle out to Rowler. It's like, do you, you want to take a look at this for me? And as this is happening, you'll see kind of Pip chasing after Funky. We see that yep. from outside. Yep. You can see through the dome, right? Oh, can we, we can see through the bubble. You can see... Pip kind of run through the bubble and then it becomes a lot harder to see him and he kind of fades a little bit. Okay. Just just kind of looks at Rowlick he's like, should we go after them? I'm, yeah, I guess we, we should probably go ask Funky some questions. Um, yeah, we should probably go find out what's going on. Um, Chess pockets the dagger for the time being then and uh, gets up and his leg feels good enough to jog, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Just starts jogging in. Okay. Pip, you have about a minute before these other two arrive. Well, let me tell you what the first 30 seconds of that minute look like. It's <laughs> this. Pip blankly stare, well not blankly, just locks eyes with Funky and won't move any closer, won't move at all. Got a, got a Tongo, that guy's safe, but I am having trouble processing. Does Funky move at all in that minute? Uh, if Funky sees that Pip isn't approaching, uh, assuming that I can see, I can see what's going on outside, right, with Chest and Rowlett, or uh, it's what? kind of difficult to see outside as well. You can kind of see figures on the outside. Okay, uh, I would approach Pip. Pip steps back. Uh, like no, I'm not running away. I'm just maintaining a minimum 10 foot distance between us. Probably 20, probably 20 feet. Okay. Funky is not, he's not being, he's not moving aggressively or anything. He's moving rather slow, especially compared to what you saw when he entered the, the city. And seeing a pip step back uh, and say, Wee Wee Man, dis- Wee Wee Man disappeared. I, I think he was, I think he was a fake. I've still got butterscotch. He's a real hongo. Butterscotch, want to pipe in? Yeah, pumpkin. Hongo? I don't think I don't think we can trust Chest, and I think if you want your flute, we need to go quick. And I don't think we should bring Chest. I don't think we can trust a lot of things. Do you want me to have my flute? Yeah, I mean, I don't care about the flute. I know where it is. I told you we'd get it, but I think if Chest comes, that's not going to happen. These people that have it value subtlety and when have you seen chest be subtle you don't have a wee wee man he's he disappeared when i came through the door let's go follow if you want it follow me and keep up and i lead i lead pip to the city so you get my city speed (laughs) i do keep a 10 foot distance Okay, Ralric and Chest, you burst through the bubble and you can see the other two starting to run together off in the distance. Ralric, as you walk into the pink dome, you suddenly feel better. To get an erection? You realize that something or someone must have cast a spell on you and weakened you. You can do an intelligence check. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. Hold on. <laughs> Add my shit to it too. <laughs> I have no intelligence modifier. It's eighteen. Okay. <laughs> Still a good roll. So sadly, that's better than most of us, I think. 
you realize that your peak hardiness should be higher and something happened back to you when you're in Toltone uh, after your battle with the hag that that night you you went to bed and you woke up and you felt worse than you feel like you should have felt there was something or someone that caused you to feel weaker someone who probably could have had access to where you were and they wanted you to not be at your best who could that have been chest you walk through the dome and you're fine <laughs> freshen it no, nothing changes my psychic damage is gone now does, does anything change with the dagger you said i felt like at, at home with it does that feeling change you you insert it back into your leg wound because <laughs> that's chest thing now do you like that that warm and fuzziness still there and you you both see funky and pip running off in the distance Chess just yells, he's like, hey, Pip, Pip, what are you doing? I'm, I'm back here. I'm okay. Where are you guys going? Okay, we'll meet up with you. Can you ask Funky? Was it a spider? This is gutting Pip. This is his worst thing. He hates this, but needs that flute. <clears throat> hey, Chess, where, where do you think those two are going together? Well, I mean, I, they go for beers sometimes, and Funky really likes beers, so maybe he was just in a hurry to get a... They're gaining distance. <laughs> should, we, should we go? Unless you guys stop. Are we going after him? Well, they can't catch us, right? Because we have super street speed. Yeah. Y- yeah. We're, we can, without dashing, we move at double my speed. If we dash, we're moving 100 feet around. How are we not dashing? All right, well, Chess will, <laughs> yeah, Chess will just be like, come on, Relic, let's try to, let's, let's move. Well, we're gonna try. Jog it out. Okay. So you. Do you want to elf stretch first? Already did. <laughs> first thing in the morning. Well, Chester passed out. You both see them running off into the distance through, like going through crowds. They're both pretty small, so they're pretty hard to see. Chester and Ralric, you can both give a perception check. Nineteen. Eight. <laughs> Chest, you are high above everyone else here, and you can see that they there's like this little hill that goes down almost underground, mm-hmm. and they sprint down down that. Okay, uh, chest nut like elbows Rallard, and he's like, ah, they went down into like a little hole. Come on, let's go. Funky and Pip, you are flying. You're going a hundred feet around. Funky just has your hand, Pip, and he is just pulling you, weaving through through people. You're going down like little side alleys and different ways that you you would have never guessed. But Funky is so at home in cities that he is able to to guide you basically as if he this were his home. But you know that he's not from here, or at least he, you don't believe he is. And you finally get to this store with a large axe on the top, except the axe kind of looks like two butt cheeks. <laughs> Seems fine. Yeah. Just like the the double, <laughs> not not an axle, you know, like the double edge yeah, yeah, yeah. ones. And each of those <laughs> look like a nice round butt it's cheek. got a certain ampleness to that axe. Damn, that is one fine axe, if I do say so myself. Uh, I would go in and I'd close the door. So you both go in and- As long as, you know, as long as Pip's following, yeah. Close the door, uh, chest and Ralric, you finally go down the tunnel and you look around and you see that there are a bunch of different storefronts. There's just different armors. You see uh, different different symbols like swords, armor. You see some... Uh, oh, shoot, Tyler. Do they go into the axle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I thought of that. That's, it's across that's the street. Very good. <laughs> Those are the two competing shops. <laughs> you see some other general stores. You see the the giant axe with butt cheeks in front of you as well. I'm not sure you can let me know if this happened, but did Funky ever tell Ralric and Chess about looking at that fine axe? Mm-hmm. Funky hadn't told anyone. Pip was there and overheard the name of the store, or overheard the name in my conversation with Harley. Okay, so... You go down and you're not really sure where they went. Okay, well, as Chess runs by, look at my axe, he, he sees it and, and goes, hey, it looks like a butt. <laughs> it does. Going. And Chess is just looking around like, like, Rowett, you see where they went? I feel like you'd be looking for bars. Yeah. 
I did not. I didn't see where they went. I don't see them now. Uh, yeah. Do I see a bar around? Uh, give an investigation check. Nine. Uh, you see an inn. Maybe it has a bar in it. Who knows? Okay. Um, just says to Ralph. Well, there's there's an inn over there. Maybe they went in there looking for for beer. That's a good thought. Funky does like the beers. Chest heads in there. I'm gonna stay out on the street and keep looking around. So inside, look at that fine axe. You see, uh, there are a bunch of different weapons all along the walls, kind of like Gary Joey's place, except these weapons are much more numerous, and you, you see a larger variety. These one, this shop looks like it was built for someone really looking to do damage and not trying, not really the fancy, pretty looking weapons. You got some serious shit in here. <laughs> and uh, you see different weapons in display cases and all over the place. And there's one person behind the counter and just says, Welcome to look at that fine axe. And he smacks himself on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. I would like to say, first of all, wonderful presentation. Thank I, you. I really enjoy the store. Thank you. I actually came looking to speak to Humber. Uh, and you look at him and his expression changes and his eyes narrow. And he just goes, okay, okay. I'll go and see if I can get this Humber for you. And he goes to a door behind him, opens it, disappears for a minute. Do you say anything while he's gone? What? Who is that man? The... What do you, the man behind the store? The Humber. Counter? Who is Humber? Why do you want to talk to him? Uh, uh, Harley told me to, to talk to him. And the door opens and this very, very large man, just incredibly obese, just kind of waddles back and forth. He's not really stepping forward. He's just, he's just kind of going side to side and walking out. And he has this vest and just hair spilling out of the vest. Uh, because he's not wearing a shirt underneath and just very very large beard he's he's a human male Funky does have a type uh, completely bald on the top striped <laughs> pants and this vest is purple and the pants are white and red and he looks at you and he said somebody asked for Humba um, yeah that, that was me but nice nice beard thanks grew it out myself um so seems like you might want something from me. In order to get this, you know, whatever you may want from me, I'm gonna need you to do something. Here's what I need you to do. Need you to whip out your dick, take out a meat cleaver, tenderize that thing, all right? Then you roll it up like a Swiss roll, you chop it off, you go find a couple of bulldogs. What you do, you split it in half because they're both real nice fellas. You feed it to them, and then you take them both to a bridge and drop kick them off the bridge. Afterwards, you do a triple axle flip into the water. Go get both of the dogs. You save them. You paddle back to the shore. You take the dogs. You climb up a tree. They think, they, they think you like them now. You don't. You kick them off the tree back into the water. You come back here, grow a new dick. Give me a high five. Go back, find the dogs down the river. Give a mouth-to-mouth CPR. They're dead, but you're going to make sure they're not anymore. You're going to name them. One you're going to name Francine. The other one you're going to name Toot. You're going to bring them back. Give them the best life that they deserve. They're going to get married. You're going to be the efficient. I'm, there's going to be a bunch of other dogs there. Strays. Real dogs. You know, maybe a cat dressed as a dog. Hopefully, that's going to have to happen. Make sure that happens. Calico cat dressed as a dog. Afterwards, you take them on their honeymoon. You're going to go over to Hippo Blue. You know what you're going to do there? Blow up the entire city. After you do that, come back here with your two new dogs. Bring them back to Pesopt. One more thing. Take them back to the bridge. Drop kick them off. Keep their puppy. You're going to name it Dog. And that's it. We're, we're, are we gonna, okay, you're done vamping? We're gonna stop, stop that. Uh, I, did, I didn't type any of that. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to start. 
Yeah, <laughs> I just decided just to keep going <laughs> on and on. And I want. On. I didn't want to interrupt your flow there. That that was beautiful. Thanks. All <laughs> off the top of my <laughs> head. Blow up hippo blue part. Yeah. No. No. No problem. But uh, only if you let me fart in your face first. Ah, he knows the password. All right, you two come with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. And I start following and and look at Pip. Uh, okay. Um. You coming? Can can you get it and bring it back up? Yeah, we're gonna need both of you to come. <laughs> so while this is happening, Ralph, are you doing anything outside, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Mallory, come into this art <laughs> Uh, I'm just looking around. I see that fine axe sign. Hey, does he hear this? Because uh, I feel like Valorik has two. Give a perception axe. check with disadvantage. Okay. Double 20s. Here we go. 20, 20, 20. 16 and 22. <laughs> oh, shit. That's really good. Good job. 16's probably not enough to hear a low grumble. You've. Feel like you hear the faintest of pip grunts, but it, it could have come from one of these five stores. <laughs> <laughs> but I see the Finex uh, logo, and it just reminds me of Elise. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh... I will accept it. <laughs> so I feel compelled to enter the shop first. Oh, that was nice. And I do. Okay, so you see Ralric just all of a sudden walks through the door. Uh, who's this guy? Is he with you? Yep. Yep. All right, here's what I'm going to need you to do. Okay, you're going to take out a no, meat no, no, cleaver. No, no. He, he also <laughs> wants to do farts. Farts and faces. Farting faces. Face, face. Farts. Yep. I'm here to ass blast some faces. Crushed it. All right. Uh, you guys going to come down or what? Yep. Come. Come. And I, Pip reaches probably way up. Do we think it's a good idea to leave our friend without a babysitter? Yep. Okay. So do you follow him? <laughs> I do. Pip. And Pip drags Ralric with him, whether he knows what he's doing or not. And it's I'm, very important to Pip that Ralric comes. I'm dragging back a little bit and nudging Pip, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Can I squeeze in, like, Morris code? I need my flute. <laughs> Give a Morse code check. No. I can't read Morse code. <laughs> so I'm just squeezing your hand a lot. Yeah. You don't know why. Which is pretty standard, so I don't I don't think uh, anything of it. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Okay, so you guys follow him into the back, and you can see that this is just like a typical bedroom. There's a rug on the ground, different dressers, different knickknacks and books piled on a, a nightstand. And Umber starts to bend over a little bit, bend over a little bit, and he can't really, so he nudges the other guy to towards the rug and the other guy just flips open the rug and there's a trap door underneath and he opens the trap door and the big guy just starts waddling down the stairs of this trap door underneath this trap door. So we have to go down there too? Come on, let's go. Oh, good. Uh, Funky follows. Funky is watching and like keeping an eye out as we go to try and remember where we've where we're headed and what we're doing. Pip whispers to Ralric. Watch our six. Yes, sir. Okay. So, Pip, do you go downstairs? Mm-hmm. I grab my elf, and he's coming, too. He's got my bag. You go downstairs, too, Rolark? Yes, trailing behind. Okay. So you guys start walking down the stairs, and it's very dark, but you all have dark vision. Hmm. And then the trap door behind you closes, and you continue down the stairs. And you go down for what seems like five minutes, ten minutes, and then you get to a hallway, in Morse code, Pip squeezes, I have regrets. I have extreme regrets. And it feels exactly the same as I'm looking for my flute. So it does nothing. <laughs> you go straight forward and there's this door and uh, Humber opens the door and walks inside. And just, Come on, let's let's go. It's right in here. Uh, funky follows. Your other two follow? Can we stand in the door? Apprehensively. He's trying to usher you. Come on, let's go inside. All right. Just one more room after this one. All right, Pip, let's go. Fuck. I hate this. Me too. Okay. So you both... And, and also me saying fuck and Ralok saying <laughs> I hate this, I'm making that very out loud, basically, to this man. <laughs> okay. It's not There's, helping yeah. anything. 
I hear that all the time. You, you both walk inside and he shuts the door behind him and uh, where's, it's, it's, it's just pitch black in here. So where's, where's the, either of you got some lights? Yeah. And he just, uh, never mind. And he goes and you, you hear some fumbling and he grabs a candle. Well, you can't see it, but he grabs a candle, grabs a match and strikes it and lights the candle. And now you can look up and see and you, all three of you look around and there are 15 people standing around, bows, swords, all drawn, looking at you. Whoa, what's what's this all about? Look, here we go. Brought you three divine linked. And that's where we'll end for tonight. Damn! Ouch. Damn, that's what I say. And the story continues and chest on his lonely journey. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, where is everybody? (laughs) Better go find Lokag. Damn. Theories of bad choices. (laughs) Mm. Hey, Ben, way to to fuck everyone over. Yeah, Funky's blind trust is uh, biting him. Biting him in the dick? Well, not after you rolled it up. Mm. (laughs) That's true, yeah. And then regroup. I wonder it. if this episode will get marked as <laughs> mature. How could it not? Uh, they're all explicit now. Are they? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> DM thoughts with Tyler. After the last week's episode, I wasn't sure if they were going to dive right into trying to find the flute or if they're going to try to do some shopping or kind of relax and cool down a bit, stay away from each other. But. They went right for the flute. Funky decided he was going to go for it. And Pip came along with him and they kind of paid the price. Um, with the big bad being Fraz Erblu, the Prince of Deception, uh, th- this trap has kind of been slowly seeded. Um, and I just wanted to be able to see if the players were able to pick up on those very small clues or not that they should proceed to this part of their journey with caution. And they were distracted by what Funky did, and that brought a sense of urgency where Pip kind of had to just decide, I really want the flute, and in that moment couldn't really uh, think things through and just had to make a decision. And uh, it looks like they may end up paying for that. So we'll see what happens next. But this was a really exciting part of the story that we were building up to. And I'm happy that you all got to hear it. So let us know what you think. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out at nomercypodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs>